0: Welcome to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I am your host, evangelist Micah McCurry, and I greatly appreciate your time spent with us today. As an introduction to this second day of a week of encouragement, I have a short story I'd like to share with you. A young boy, many years ago, was taken by his aunt and uncle to see Hampton Court. That's a famous palace that was built on the outskirts of London by Cardinal Walsley in the days of Henry VIII, when the palace was finished. The cardinal made the grave air of inviting the king, Henry VIII, to come and see his magnificent and amazing new home. The king, who was, of course, not a righteous man, looked over it with jealous eyes. This, he said, is a palace fit for a king, and always covetous and jealous of any rivals to his power and his glory. He added on to the cardinal, I think you'd better give it to me. Imagine that, walking into another man's new home and telling him to give it to you. Well, the cardinal valued his head more than his home, and he did just that even though, a few years later, he did end up losing his head. But, on the grounds of Hampton Court, there was a maze of hedges, and for a penny or two, of course, remember this was years ago in England, just a penny or two, visitors could have the privilege of getting lost in that maze. Some of you listening right now, maybe you're familiar with corn mazes in the fall time of year, but here we had these beautifully done hedges. Of course, all the paths looked the same, and after a few turns, you could very easily be lost. Well, that young boy wanted to take a turn about the hedges. The paths narrow, the hedges high. There's no way to see over them. Eventually, He wandered into the middle of the maze, where the keepers of the beautiful gardens had thoughtfully provided a seat so that one could sit and think things over and try to unravel the maze's mystery before setting out once again. But the maze defied analysis. I'm not sure how long it was that the young boy wandered that maze before an attendant took pity on him and showed him the way out, but For you and your life and me and mine, I wonder how often it is that we sometimes feel lost. That we feel like we've come to the end of our rope, that no one seems to be able to help us, much less willing to or interested in trying to help us. And feelings of distress and being overwhelmed seem to wash over us. Well, I am sure with the vast preponderance of people that listen to this particular broadcast. I know that because I go to churches all across America, and really, we've heard from around the world people listening to this particular station at this particular time. And there are some, I'm sure, that feel distressed. And maybe you could just use a little part of this week of encouragement that we are focused on here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. If you would like to take part, listen closely as we go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Before we do that, I'd like to focus one more time, if we can, on a gospel tract called He Is Not Here. We are scarcely a month away from the celebration of Resurrection Sunday, of Easter, as it is widely known. And he is not here. That particular gospel track would be a phenomenal usage of your time as a tool for the gospel's sake. What I'd like you to do is this. I won't spend much time on it, but go to BibleTracksInc.org right now, if you would, or at the conclusion of this broadcast, when you have time. BibleTracksInc.org and just search for He Is Not Here. What you can do is order that gospel track for free. If you were to order today, we try to get it shipped to you as quickly as possible so that you would be able to use it before Easter time. Order as many as you can use for this next month or so. And if you would, Be the light to someone else that's sitting in darkness. Share the gospel, the good news of the death, the burial, and specifically the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That title, He is not here. What's that speaking of? Well, our God in human flesh, Jesus Christ, spent three days and three nights in a tomb. But thankfully, when the disciples came near and saw the stone had been rolled away, the angel told them, He is not here. That's great news. Don't you agree? Now, let's find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 30, if you would. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And very quickly, for context's sake, we'll read the first six verses together. And it came to pass, verse 1, when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away, and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and the wives, their sons, and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I read many years ago as a young teenager, a small poem. I don't know if you'd consider it a limerick or what the style of it actually is, but here's how it goes. Just a few lines. When in trouble or in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. Is that how we as Christians should deal with the tumultuous times that we live in? Should we curl up in a pathetic fetal position and decide to let the world run roughshod over us and allow the devil to have his day in our lives as distress and feelings of angst and irritation and overwhelmingness? All these things blow upon us. Is that what we're supposed to do? Run in circles? Scream and shout? Or... Should we do the first thing that David did when he was going through one of his worst times? What should we do when all seems lost? Well, let's encourage ourselves in the Lord. Look at 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 one more time. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This is where we got the title and the thought: A Week of Encouragement. What does that word encourage mean? Well, turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 11, while we talk about that. Merriam-Webster, in short, encapsulates this thought of encouragement, this word, this concept, with this: to inspire with courage, spirit, or hope. Now, on this program and in my preaching, I do not normally go to or dive too deeply into the Hebrew and the Greek, the foundational languages of our Bible. I'm not opposed to those that do, but I don't often do it myself. But today, the Lord led me in my study for this thought to this word encouraged. Understand, if you would, while we look at Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, let's read that together. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But, get this, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now, you may ask, why did I pull this particular verse out of the book of Daniel and hold it up next to our context of the first Samuel account? Well, if we look at that last line in Daniel 11, verse 32, but the people that do know their God shall be what? Strong. Well, if we look at the Hebrew, the same base word in the Hebrew is actually translated here as strong in Daniel, and as the word encouraged in first Samuel chapter number 30. Here's the thought, there comes a time and a place when we must be strong, but the only source of our strength and encouragement comes when we do it, when we encourage ourselves in the Lord, or if we are people that do know our God. Basically, David made himself strong in the Lord. Now that qualifier is incredibly important. Being strong in the Lord is not like being strong in anything else. Because when you develop your strength in the foundation of God Almighty, the omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful God of creation, you are plugging into a source of strength and encouragement that will never dry up. An encouraged person. Can deal with a hard situation. A strong, encouraged person will buck up under a bad time. An encouraged person can do, as the old cliche says, to pull himself up by his bootstraps. Why? Because he is encouraged, specifically, in the Lord. How can one do that, though? How can one be strong when it feels like everything is falling apart around us? How can we be encouraged? Well, I'd like to look at this for just a moment. I believe that David remembered past victories. He remembered what God had done in the past. I wonder if as he sat there, his face dry, because as the Bible says, they had wept until they could weep no more. He sits there. Pondering, what am I supposed to do? I've led these people who trust me, who love me, who would die for me. I've allowed their families to be held captive and in grave danger. What am I supposed to do? I wonder, I wonder if the memory long ago of standing up proud and strong against a giant named Goliath, if that memory came Roaring back. Maybe he was weeping and crying and beside himself, but then he thought about how it felt to after he had knocked that giant down with a single stone from his sling. I wonder if he recalled what it felt like to pull that gigantic sword out of Goliath's sheath. He had to think about that every time he had won a victory in the name of the Lord. His first real conquest, specifically in the name of the Lord. Can I encourage you, friend, to catalog the good times? Here's your assignment before tomorrow. We're going to talk about the bad times, but what I'd like you to do is to think back on a time and a place when God last blessed you. If you can't think of one, make sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll talk about this. We'll help you dive into this problem. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309 309- 828 Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated.